So just woke up with that weird dream that I have a lot of times, um, but just 10 times worse, and I'm gone back to college. I think I've gone back to UVA, and I don't know where any of my classes are. I go to one class. I think it's the right class. It's not the right class. It's a class on tattooing. There are going to be 25 tattoos due at the end of the semester. This is Debbie Gallant, host of The Chemo Files. And last week I had surgery for breast cancer. Now here's the thing, 10 days out. It's not all that bad. It's late August. The weather reminds me of a vacation we took last summer in Maine. People are coming by, bringing me food and presents. I, I'm kind of like the queen of my front porch. <laughs> Wonderful. I also brought you um, things in here. Things in things here. In there, yeah. uh, more presents. Okay. What is this? This is like. Well, one was the aforementioned advertised Haitian coffee. Oh, okay. Then... Now, I'm not a Pollyanna. I mean, yes. I like getting presents and company and being able to take a nap whenever I want. But here's me 10 days ago. Um. Oh. Okay. I need, um. I need more pain medicine. Any more pain medicine? Or, okay. yeah. Took me a while to master the pain pump. Here's the pain button I was talking to you about. Do you remember that? Okay, so every time you're going to have pain, you're going to hit this button with your thumb like a little Jeopardy contestant. Hit that button and release. You'll hear two beeps. That means it's giving you a dose of pain medicine. If you hit it and you hear one beep, it's too soon. Okay, you can have a dose every 10 minutes. And then, two days later, I actually had to go under the knife again because I had a hematoma. That's a swelling of blood that's not supposed to be there. And of course that was scary, going into the operating room twice in one week. And in case there's any forgetting that this is serious, here's a conversation I had with my surgeon the day after my first operation. So tell me a little bit more about the lymph node thing and what that means. Well, the, the sentinel node, when I took it up, I could feel a little hard knot mm -hmm. in it, and we sent it to the pathologist, and mm -hmm. they cut it, and they found that it that it was a little area of the breast cancer that had spread to that lymph node. Oh, okay. Okay. So what that means is two things. One, that you're going to need chemotherapy, but we knew that already. Right. So this just reaffirms okay. the need for the chemo. And secondly is that we then remove several other of the lymph nodes that are there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then... And they, they didn't look like they had anything? They didn't look like they had anything. Okay. But we'll, you know, we'll have them checked by the pathologist. And when one of the lymph nodes has something in it, does that mean it, it, it spread all over the body? or? No, no, no. No, not necessarily. A week later, that news is actually a little better. They're calling that little spot of cancer on my sentinel lymph node a micrometastasis, as in very, very small. And they're confirming there was absolutely none found in any of the other 16 nodes they sampled. The other thing that Warren and I both noticed in the past week was that early morning dread we'd both been feeling ever since the diagnosis had gone away. Because you see, they've not only removed my breasts and all the cancer, but they've given us something tangible to do. I've got these drains that come out of me, picture toy hand grenades filled with blood, and it's Warren's job to empty them. Oh, the luscious sound of breast fluids being emptied. Well, 
That's a big one. Oh, and there's a... On to number three. Usually another biggie. Yes, two and three are your big producers. And here's the thing, the truly remarkable thing. I just feel perfectly taken care of. There's this routine we have now, twice a day, where I get to take off my bra, which is squeezing me like a whalebone corset or some Torquemada-style punishment. And I lie down in bed, take it off, and my man puts on his medical gloves and gets out the gauze, and it's like I'm at the spa. Yesterday morning, while he took care of me, we talked about the Perseid meteor shower. I woke up about 20 to 3 and thought, okay, I have a few minutes, I can still sleep. Uh, let's let that go. And in the intervening time, I had a dream in which I dreamt there was no reason to go out to see the Perseids, that it was cloudy or they were canceled or something. I woke up at 4 thought, what? That's not right. So I did actually go out, but I didn't see anything. Do you think you missed them between 3 and 4? Well, all I know is that uh, supposedly the peak is 3, although it's still... You can't get the rest of that out? It's like I finally believe, maybe for the first time since I'm one or two years old, that I don't have to do anything, prove anything, earn anything to be loved, to be taken care of. I'm just basking in perfect care. But then there are those dreams. You know, I, talk, I talked to Joyce last night and told her about some other dreams that I had. Joyce is my therapist. You know, one dream in which some people I knew who had cancer before um, were really kind of critical and mad at me. And um, another dream that was um, where I couldn't reach Joe, um, Joe who works for me, um, I just the, my phone wouldn't dial him, which is very similar to the dream that I have a lot where I can't reach Warren. And, um, you know, I like, like I'm processing this at night in these dreams that are you know, somehow, uh, terrifying isn't the right word, but uh, disturbing. And then during the day, um, it's all this, you know, fairly, you know, fairly pleasant, pleasant stuff, you know, except for the, you know, the pain and the, um, the bags of blood hanging from me. So, um, yeah, weird feel. one of the things that I'm realizing when these people come over and are so so nice bringing me flowers and checking in on me over and over again is that I never was one of those people myself I never put myself out for someone with cancer and that other dream about Joe I guess is that while I am being taken care of Warren at home Joe at work there's the deep down knowledge that I am now quite dependent on my various caretakers and that first dream I mentioned about not being able to find my classes, that's kind of obvious. We're going to a new school now, the School of Cancer. And it's been a disorienting orientation, to say the least. Oh yeah, one other thing. The other night, I wanted to go to the movies to see that Pixar movie, Inside Out. I'm a sucker for animated movies, especially, you know, now that the kids are grown up and I don't have to go anymore. 
This one's very clever about the team of emotions inside this little girl named Riley. There's joy, played by Amy Poehler, and fear, played by Bill Hader, and of course Lewis Black plays anger. Anyway, long and short of it is, you know, you root for joy. You always root for joy. And this is so basic to my personality, so baked into me, that you can even hear it the first time Warren taped me post-op, as I asked him to. So when I last saw you, I was cheerful, I was making jokes, I was sitting in pre-op, flying in pre-op. Now I am um, in post-op, I'm actually up in my roomy room room. Um, it really hurts like hell. They're calling it tightness. I would just call it pain. <laughs> but in the end, in the movie Inside Out, it's sadness, played by Phyllis Smith, that saves the day because, guess what? It's not happy all the time. There's love and there's pain and sadness and cancer. So we need sadness. We need sadness, that's the whole point. Sadness makes people help you. Sadness is helpful. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, we can't all be happy all the time. No, that's, that's the, there's your message of the movie. Sadness is an important motivator and, uh, and uh, keeps perspective on everything. <laughs> what? We have to be more profound than that? Yeah, that's the exact right amount of profound. Okay, that's fine. So is this a good... Uh, it's, it's a wrap. This, this is what you want for like your first time into the outside world after surgery? Yes. Yes? Yes. This was your speed. It was uh, sort of too complex for a children's movie, a little bit uh, shallow for a grown-up movie. I don't know that it was shallow. For a grown-up movie, it was shallow. It had to be, though. It was, it was, it was sweet to hear the little voices in the background. Funny. Yes, you know, that was, you know, you, it's funny how you quickly you forget what it was like to be in a movie with little kids. <laughs> there was a point where they were in the unconscious, where they, they, they just like the kids just started bubbling up with, like they didn't, you know, they were getting bored, they were getting, yeah, right. yeah it was so just, getting restless. they were getting restless, they were getting restless in the unconscious. It was that was really a good cool. line though, the unconscious, that's where they put the troublemakers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode one of The Chemo Files. I'll be back.